James, the little brother of Jesus, is a black and white kind of guy. His letter to the early church is painfully practical and holds a lot of juice for the church today. My prayer as I teach this Bible study is that you will never, never, never give up trying to be just like Jesus. Welcome to Defiant Joy Radio. Carol would love to come speak in your area. Her messages of hope and joy have blessed so many. Contact us today at JustJoyMinistries.com or call toll-free 1-855-569-5433 to arrange an appearance at your next women's group or conference. Now, here's Carol with today's inspiring message. The book of James is truly a call to applying the principles found in the Word of God to our everyday life. You've heard me say it before, but James is nothing if not practical. He is painfully practical in his approach to calling us to live a life that his big brother Jesus would be proud of. I thought that before we go any further in this Bible study, that we'd Take a few minutes and review some of the lessons we've learned so far in studying the book of James. What are some of the life-changing principles that the Holy Spirit, through the pen of James, has confronted us with? Well, first of all, count it all joy. This is truly the one thing that makes a Christian different from those who don't know the Lord. We count it all joy. We worship, especially when our worlds are falling apart. The next thing that we learned, principle number two, is if you lack wisdom, what do you do? You ask God. The scripture says that he gives lavishly and without reproach. He loves to give his wisdom to his kids. He loves to have us tap in to his thoughts. So if you're lacking wisdom today, just ask. The third principle that we loved in studying the book of James was the quick, slow, slow principle. Remember that from James 1, 19, quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to anger. How many of you have that principle down? I have a feeling we'll be working on that till the day we go to heaven. And then the fourth thing we learned was to be doers of the word and not hearers only. You see, it's not enough to just read the Bible or go to Bible study. The word of God must change us. The word of God must compel us. We must apply the word of God to our lives. The fifth thing we learned was don't show partiality. Don't be prejudiced to people, but look at brothers and sisters. Look at humanity the way Jesus would if he were here, because he is here through you. So truly treat every individual, regardless of their education or their age or their weight or their economic level, just the way Jesus would. 
The sixth thing we learned was that faith without works is dead. Your faith is useless unless it's revealed through the works of your daily life. Now, works don't save you. It's God's grace plus your faith that saves you. But works are an important component of walking out your faith this side of heaven. The seventh thing we learned was a little bit intimidating, a little bit humbling. We learned that demons believe in God. Demons believe that there is one God. This compels me, this challenges me to raise my Christianity way above that. I want the world to know that I have been changed by the word of God. The eighth principle that we learned is that part of growing in our walk with God is controlling our tongues. How are you doing with that one? We don't get to verbally vomit on people, do we? No, we don't. The ninth principle we learned is that there are two kinds of wisdom that James talks about. There's wisdom from below, which results in jealousy and selfish ambition. And then there's wisdom from above, which is pure, peaceable, gentle, reasonable, full of mercy and good fruits. I'll take the wisdom from above. How about you? And then the thing that we learned last time we were together is that the Holy Spirit is addicted to you. The Holy Spirit wants all of you. Wow, that's a lot of great Bible insight that we have learned from the book of James, isn't it? But we still have more to learn. We still have more principles that need to saturate and penetrate our lives as we determine to never, never, never give up living the life that Jesus has always meant for us to live. We'll start today in James chapter 4, verse 6. And boy, when those words even come out of my mouth, a peace settles on my soul because I know, I know well what James chapter 4, verse 6 teaches. But he gives a greater grace. Doesn't that phrase just bring peace to your soul? Let me say it to you again. But he gives a greater grace. Let these six words just minister to you in this moment. Let these six words just fill all of the empty places inside of you. But he gives a greater grace. Can I tell you something? Jesus is enough. He is more than enough. The giving God is more than enough for you. And when you've given all you have to give to the poor, to the lonely, to the sick, to the disheartened, when you've given all you have to give, go to the giving God and allow his grace to fill you up once again. When you're weary, he gives a greater grace. When you're discouraged, he gives a greater grace. When your events and circumstances are threatening to topple your earthly kingdom, what does he do? You betcha. He gives a greater grace. 
I love being in that place of needing a greater grace because I know that I know that I know that he will meet me there. And I know that in that place of needing the greater grace, I know that in that place, he is more than enough. I will find him to be more than enough. So whatever you're going through today, his grace will bring you comfort. It will bring you victory. It will bring you joy and it will bring you strength. Now you can build a life on that promise. How do we activate this promise that we find in James 4, 6, but he gives a greater grace? I believe that we activate this promise by declaring it, by talking about it, by praying it, by writing it, by thinking about it, by talking to other people about it, by asking other believers if they know that this is what the word of God says. Let's take a few minutes right now and look at it. But he gives. This word forgives is a incredible Greek word. It's the Greek word didomi, which means he throws it in our direction. God aims grace at your life, and then he delivers it with force. What does God throw at your life? What does God aim at your life? A greater grace. This word greater means splendid or prepared on a grand scale. It means things which overstep the province of a created being. So God aims something greater at your life than you could ever create or imagine on your very own. And what is this thing? Well, it's His grace. And grace encompasses joy strength, victory, wisdom, faith, and peace. Now, I like that. Whatever you need today, God has it aimed at your life and he's throwing it towards you with force. What is this thing? Well, it's it's something prepared on a grand scale for you. It's his grace which delivers joy to your life and strength and victory and wisdom and faith and peace. Whatever you are going through today or any successive day of your life for that matter, God is aiming something so splendid at your life that it's going to give you everything you need in Christ Jesus. Do you need joy? It comes with the greater grace. Do you need victory? It comes with the greater grace and it brings strength and faith and wisdom and victory with it. Okay, you might be thinking, Carol, I like this. I like where you're going today. No wonder you love James chapter 4, verse 6 so much. But Carol, if God promises, why don't I always feel the greater grace? Why don't I always experience the greater grace? Well, once again, James is nothing if he is not practical. So let's read on in James 4, 6. But he gives a greater grace. Therefore, it says, God is opposed to the proud, but gives grace to the humble. You're not going to like what this verse says, so get ready to be convicted. 
This verse tells us that God resists or is opposed to people who are proud. It's very important for you to know what this word proud means because you don't want God to resist you or to be opposed to you. This word proud means people who think more highly of themselves than they ought to think. I hope you're not guilty of that. This word proud means putting oneself in front of or on top of others. Oh dear, let the conviction begin. We have all done that. This word proud means overestimating one's talents, gifts, or abilities. It also means despising others or treating them with contempt. Pride makes us self-centered, not God-focused. Pride convinces us that we deserve all kinds of worldly and material things far more than we really do. Pride creates a greediness in us that is contrary to the nature and to the will of God. We're so glad you were able to join us today. The Just Joy staff would love to hear from you. Please call us at 1-855-569-5433. That's 1-855-JOY-LIFE. Or simply go online to justjoyministries.com. Whether you want to live above the ordinary or learn to worship God even during hardships, Carol has great teachings to help you every step of the way. And remember, Carol is always available to speak in your area.